Hello, hello. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Football Radio Hour. As always, I'm your host, Luke Saulhook, and I'm going to be joined by some lovely people who are going to be coming in here in just a moment. Um, not a lot of NFL news to talk about right now at the moment, but I'm looking forward to getting some questions and uh, you know, hopefully dishing out some answers to everyone who joins here in just a second. Uh, I want to give a quick thank you. I already tweeted about it earlier, but I had uh, an all-time record for most DMs asking me a question today that was not in uh, NFL season, and I also haven't getting a ton of followers lately. Thank you guys so much for coming out and showing love. Uh, hopefully we have another great show tonight. Looking forward to taking what happens in Cleveland there with Kareem Hunt. Uh, he reportedly requested a trade, and the Browns are not reportedly fill it, which is very interesting to me. Um, I think that the Browns' backfield is a situation we have to monitor moving forward for fantasy now. I do not think that Kareem Hunt is going to leave Cleveland necessarily, but I do think it makes more sense that we see um, Dearness Johnson move into a bigger role if Kareem Hunt does leave Cleveland. So something to keep an eye on there. Nothing too crazy. But I think it's going to be interesting to see how things develop as, you know, that situation develops and unfolds as things continue to progress with that situation uh, throughout training camp. Another thing that I'm curious to see is where Will Fuller is going to land. Apparently the Chicago Bears are reportedly interested in the veteran speedy wide receiver. Uh, very interested to see where he lands in terms of, you know, just utilizing his skill set, uh, you know, how teams could deploy him. If he lands in a spot that has big opportunity, that would be amazing. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing where he could end up. I'm thinking that, uh, you know, there's plenty of teams out there that are interested in Will Fuller. There's plenty of guys that need a Will Fuller in terms of NFL team building. Um, you know, I think that we could really see a team like the Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears, maybe the Tennessee Titans take a shot on Will Fuller. There's a lot of guys out there, a lot of, a lot, sorry, not a lot of guys, a lot of teams out there who could use a field-stretching presence like Will Fuller. There's also plenty of other veterans out there on the market, too. One that's still surprising that's a free agent is Joe Hayden. Uh, veteran cornerback, former of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and now the Cleveland Browns as well. Um, he played very well for the Steelers over the last few seasons in the NFL. And while he's getting up there in age, which I totally understand, uh, he's been a very solid piece for the Steelers' secondary over the last few seasons. So I feel like it would not make much sense for me, uh, in my opinion, for him to not get signed here. So, um, you know, training camp is underway. It's very interesting to me that a lot of these quality veterans, in my opinion, have not been signed. Uh, but there are plenty of guys out there who are going to get signed still as the season approaches. Injuries will be occurring soon, friends. Obviously, we do not want our favorite players uh, to go down due to injury in the NFL. It's always the worst thing in the world. Uh, but I do think it's quite possible that we see uh, a train of injuries start to roll out of the station here. Uh, you know, as preseason games get more underway and we see training camps uh, get rolling. Uh, Alpha's requesting speed. What's up, Alpha? One second, bro. What's up, bro? How you doing? You're muted right now, just so you know. What up, what up? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good, bro. All right. I don't know what to say, but I'm just going to listen to what you say. <laughs> All right, man. That's cool. Yeah, feel free to jump in anytime. Uh, I see you're a Patriots fan. I actually – I want to ask you a question. Who would you rather have as your starting running back this year, Damian Harris or Andre Stevenson? Uh, I prefer Andre because he has the receiving upside. And uh, I think Damian Harris is going to have touchdown regression. So, Ramondre. 
Okay, interesting. I, li- I like that take in terms of, you know, uh, Ramondre having a little bit more of a receiving upside. What do you expect from this Patriots offense now that Josh McDaniels is gone? Are you concerned? Do you think they're going to be a little less conservative with the passing? Like, do you have any different expectations? Or do you think that Bill Belichick is still going to run this thing like Bill Belichick does, regardless of Josh McDaniels being there? I think uh, the offense is going to You cut out. Are you there, my friends? You cut out after you said the offense is. All right, he cut out. Well, interesting. Uh, I'll give my take on it, I guess, uh, real quick while we're waiting for him to reconnect. I think, okay, Alpha, are you there? Can't hear him still. Anyway, uh, I think it's really interesting, uh, you know, Josh McDaniels not being there anymore. It's going to be really, really fascinating to me to see how this offense is going to be ran. I feel like we could see them take more deep shots. Uh, there's been some reports out of Patriots camp that they're trying some new things in offense. Uh, so very interested to see how this offense comes together in New England. I think it could be a really interesting story going to watch. See how Mike, uh, not Mike, <laughs> Mike Jones, Mac Jones develops from year one to year two. There's been a lot of reports coming out that he's in a really good shape. Uh, Mac Jones is, you know, looking the part as the QB1 out there in New England, which is always great news, of course. Uh, the thing that I'm interested in is if it doesn't matter for fantasy football. In my opinion, no. Um, I think that Mac Jones is still just okay for fantasy football. I don't think he's going to be a top 20 quarterback this season. You know, last year he was the QB 28 in fantasy points per game. Uh, just because he does not pass the ball a ton and he does not run the ball like at all. It's just the nature of the game. I feel like Mac Jones is a very good real-life NFL quarterback. But for fantasy football purposes, the weapons are not really there for me for him to make a huge jump in passing efficiency. The passing volume isn't really there, which you're kind of looking for for a, uh, a fantasy quarterback. And you're also not really seeing the rushing work from Mac Jones, if you also want to see from a fantasy quarterback. Uh, Alpha, can you chime in on that? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good right now. I can hear you. All right. Uh, I was saying that I think that uh, Josh McDaniels ran a very uh, old-school offense. So I, know, I think that the offense is going to be more expanded. Uh, they're going to be more pass-heavy than before. And uh, I think that Andre will have a better season than Damon Harris for that reason because he's going to be used as a receiver rather than uh, just a running back like Damian. What do you feel about the other running backs that the Patriots brought in, though? Pierre Strong and James White are turning. I don't think they're going to be used at all. Usually with Patriots rookie running backs, they're not brought in uh, right away. They usually take like uh, two or three years. Like Damian was drafted in like 2019, and he wasn't used until like 2021. Like well, Ramondre Stevenson had a pretty big role last year, did he not? Yeah, but he's like an outlier, I would say. But, really? Because uh, like that's, that's interesting because I don't really view like – he wasn't that good of a prospect coming out, so I, I don't really feel like he's an outlier necessarily. Is it, you know what I mean? Because I feel like for being an outlier, I feel like you really have to be a total stud. And while Armando Stevenson's a good player, I don't feel like he's a total stud running back. You know, I feel like he's a solid contributor who can go in there and get you some good, you know, some good usage. But I, by that no means true. do I think Ramondre's, you know, a world beater. I feel like he kind of just came in and had decent opportunity year one, and they gave it to him. I think uh, Bill Belichick. Uh hit a really good player in the draft. I think he's really talented. So we'll see. Um, I would say I'm planning to draft him in like round, I don't know, like nine or 10. I think that's a good draft spot for him. Like the RB right. 30 to 40. But, okay. Uh, yeah, that's what I think. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that Ramondre Stevenson uh, could have a really solid year this season. 
Um, I think that he is a good player who I think has a chance to level up this year with Damian Harris. You know, still there, but I think Armando Stevenson has... I think he has a higher ceiling. As you mentioned, I feel like he could catch more passes than Damian Harris. Uh, Damian Harris also could be bound for a bit of a touchdown regression, like you mentioned. I'm very interested to see what this offense looks like uh, with, you know, with Josh McDaniels there. What it's going to look like with, you know, with some talent changes as well. You know, you brought in Devontae Parker there at the wide receiver core. What do you think about that move? Do you think Devontae is going to be the wide receiver one for this offense? Or do you think it's still going to be Jacoby Myers slash uh, Kendrick Bourne? I think uh, Devontae is going to be a red zone target like Hunter Henry. But I think the number one target in the offense is probably Mayers and Bourne again. That's my take. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think Myers and Bourne are probably going to be the one and two. I think Parker is going to be the three there. Uh, but I actually really like Hunter Henry as one of my later tight end targets this season. I feel like he yep. has a solidified role as a red zone threat in this offense. And I also just think talent-wise, Alpha, let me know if you agree with this. And I'm asking you a lot of questions just because you're a Patriots fan, and I feel like you could have some yeah, insights so good, that so I don't good. have. Um, I think that Hunter Henry, in my opinion, all-around talent-wise, regardless of position, is the best pass-catching weapon that they have on this team. What do you think about that? I don't know, man. I think he's a really good tight end, but you might be right because I think Bourne is a really good wide receiver too. I think Jacoby A lot of a... Patriots fans love Kendrick Bourne, and I mean love Kendrick Bourne. Can you can you explain to me the Kendrick Bourne hype a little bit? Because I understand, you know, he makes some big plays and I feel like he has some skills. But if you look at his, you know, season splits and his season totals, Kendrick Bourne really didn't do anything too special last year. But I understand on the field, you know, he has a little bit of a lightning in a bottle kind of play style to him. I think he was like the, he had the highest passer rating when targeted. That was like a stat I saw. He was like second. I don't know who was first, but he had really uh, decent stats. Not like uh, surprising, but I don't know. I, I think he's a very good wide receiver too. But uh, I'm not in love with him like other, other Patriot fans. Right. No, I totally understand that for sure. I, I absolutely get it. Uh, Alpha, thank you so much. I'm going to toss it to Rich real quick, and then we'll come back if we have anything else we want to talk about. Thank you, bro. Right, uh, Rich, what's up, man? You've been waiting. I appreciate it. What's up? Right, what's going on? Uh, I just have a question. So tomorrow night I have a Superflex Dynasty startup, and I'm uh, it's 10 teams, tight end premium, picking from the spot. I was kind of thinking – I'd maybe go Kyle Pitts. I don't know if that's crazy just because it was a tight end premium, and I know he's he's pretty awesome. And then Did you say it's a super flex or a one QB? Super flex. I think I think that's too early for Pitts at six. Um, okay. Just honestly, I, I just for me, I totally understand Pitts. I mean, his price right now in terms of trade value and just in general is like your firstborn child is what I always say. <laughs> like his price is absolutely insane, and I totally get it. Like he's a stud, right? Um, and especially in the tight end premium, you know, like, that is premium, premium, you know talent uh, but for me just in the way i build my teams um in Superflex, i view quarterback as like by far the most important position and i would prioritize trying to get two quarterbacks within the first three rounds is usually the advice i give for Superflex drafts just because i feel like two really good quarterbacks can carry a team like you don't need to have the best pieces in the world around a guy to win a lot of games in a two-quarterback or a super-flex format if the quarterbacks are insanely good. The example I always give about this... Rich, are you familiar with the Scott Fishbowl from Fantasy Twitter? I'll, I'll fill you in. So basically, uh, every year, a guy named Scott Fish on Twitter has an invite-only fantasy football league, which is super cool. Um, it's for fans and for fantasy analysts, and a, a ton of people playing it. It's super, super cool. Uh, but it's a super-flex league. And last year in that league, 
I had Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, and they carried my team because J.K. Dobbins went down to injury. It, it drafts in July, I should add. So J.K. Dobbins tore his ACL before the season started, and it kind of screwed my running back that because I only had Antonio Gibson and um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire as my running backs after that. So I was really thin at running back. Um, but I still made it to the second round of the playoffs in a huge tournament because I had a really, really, really good quarterback play. So like, what I'm trying to say is you don't need to have the best weapons in the world because quarterbacks in a super flex league, if you have two really good ones, it's a huge weekly positional advantage in terms of scoring. And in terms of replacement value, you know, especially in Dynasty, you know, Dynasty waivers are harder, right? But, you know, you can find a lot more replacement value guys at, like, wide receiver or running back, especially if, you know, a star goes down and you have a handcuff or, you know, you work the waiver wire and you find the next, you know, Cordell Patterson lay- laying on waivers if somebody gets injured. But quarterback is super, super difficult to replace on a season-long basis, especially in Dynasty, because, you know, in, in redraft, the stat off the top of my head, I believe, it was there were 49 different quarterbacks who had a top 12 week last season. Um, which is a lot, right? But in redraft, it's a lot easier to stream your quarterback on a week-to-week basis. But in dynasty um, and in superflex, you know, there's there's 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL on a weekly basis, right? And that's not including bye weeks. And let how many teams? Let's say I think you said 10, 10 teams or 12 teams, whatever it is. But you know, that, that's 20 to 24 starting quarterbacks in your league on a weekly basis. So it's a lot harder to replace that position. Uh, than a wide receiver or a running back. So I personally really, really like to build around quarterback in super flex leagues. All right. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, one more. So, so let's say I'm at that 1-6. Instead of Pitts, would you recommend, let's say, Burroughs there, Snag Burrow or Lamar or maybe a Justin Jefferson and then go quarterback in round two and three? I was thinking maybe Trevor if he's there in round three for sure. But, Trevor yeah. in round three is a good value for sure. I think he's in for a nice back, bounce back year. I definitely don't hate it, grabbing a great player and then pounding running back quarterback in rounds one, two, and three. I would just definitely recommend – like my advice, like I mentioned, is this uh, quarterbacks in round – you should have your two quarterbacks by the time round three is over. That's just a good rule of thumb. So, like, go best player available for round one, and then from there kind of, you know, build your way around it is a good way I would kind of do things. Uh, but, yeah, Burrow would be great. I personally would take Lamar over Burrow because the rushing upside is amazing, and you know, I think Lamar is going to be good for a really long time. He has a higher ceiling than Joe Fancy as well, which is big. Uh, so I personally lean, uh, you know, again, getting those quarterbacks in the first three rounds. Uh, and then, yeah, just if you find a good value at wide receiver, running back or tight end, or like, you know, if you want to take Pitts at six overall, you know, that's fine, actually. Uh, just as long as you get those three quarterbacks by the time, sorry, two quarter, quarterbacks within the first three rounds, I feel like you're chilling. Uh, I just hate getting like a Ryan Tannehill or, you know, guys like that to be my QB2 in Superflex, I, I see it as a really big weekly disadvantage. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I've never played one before, so I was kind of curious. Uh, you know, yeah, for sure. Even some other dynasties, one QB. So just curious to see how to really take the draft. So pretty excited. But yeah, yeah absolutely. You. I also would recommend, do you play on Sleeper, by the way? This one is on Sleeper. The rest of them are on ESPN. Okay, so... Sleeper's great. Um, I love Sleeper just in general, but Sleeper has a really good mock draft tool. Um, I would just go in there and play around with the uh, two quarterback dynasty ADP settings, and you can see how like an average ADP Superflex draft, and it, the quarterbacks fly. Um, one QB and Superflex dynasties are vastly different in how quarterbacks are valued. Like I would say Josh Allen is hands down the most valuable piece in a Superflex dynasty league, like by far. He's worth right. a lot. Like, it's not even close uh, to yeah. the next, like, positional player. That's not a quarterback. So, you know, getting those quarterbacks early is really important for sure. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Much appreciated. 
Yeah, thank you, Rich. No problem, man. If you have any more questions, feel free to just to hop in or you know, request a speaker or whatever. Thank you, man. I appreciate you coming out. Uh, all right, Steven. What's up, bro? Come on up. Also, Ethan, I'm inviting you to MLB The Show right now. I know you're in here, so I'm just going to put that out there. Steven, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, good, man. How are you? How we doing? Doing great, bro. Doing great. Great, man. I just want to talk about uh, Amon Ross St. Brown real fast. I know it's kind of a oh, that's, polarizing, we love that. polarizing we love guy. About that. And uh, I just, like, the OC loves him. And, you know, Jared Goff seemed to lean on him. Jared Goff doesn't really, you know, throw his outside receivers as much as the inside guys. I just don't understand the hate, you know, if you could just kind of talk about him for a little bit. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar, Stephen, but I love Monroe St. Brown. He's one of my favorite players. Um, he has been for a while now. He was my uh, he was my sleeper pick last season, like my, you know, quote unquote, like plant my flag. Like this guy is my sleeper pick of the year. Uh, it was a Monroe last last season. and I'm very proud uh, that he was the number one most rostered player by fantasy football rosters last season. Yeah, sorry, he won. The most championships of any players, I tried to say. Sorry. He was on the most championship winning rosters of any player in fantasy last season over guys like Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor. Very proud about that. But yeah, Monroe is my boy. Uh, I absolutely love him. I think that he is in for another pretty big year in, in Detroit this season. You know, the narrative is pretty clear on why people don't like him on St. Brown, right? You know, uh, the, the old DeAndre Swift wasn't there. TJ Hawkinson wasn't their argument. And I totally understand why people say it, right? It's a valid argument. I will say that for sure. But the thing is, for me, is I bet on the talent of him, right? I think that he is legitimately a, a very, very good player in the NFL. Um, you know, the thing I say when I talk about him on St. Brown very often is, and the thing that people say is, you know, oh, you know, he was only good because, you know, DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson weren't there. But the thing is, Players get big opportunity all the time. I'll actually point you to an example. One of my favorite examples of a player who did get huge opportunity last year and did absolutely nothing with it. Uh, are you familiar, uh, Stephen, with Marquez Callaway from the Saints? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so last year. Yeah, last year, Marquez Callaway for the Saints. You know, Michael Thomas was injured. They didn't really have any depth behind him. Last year, he was the wide receiver one for the New Orleans Saints coming into the season. He did nothing last season. Absolutely nothing good. I mean, he had a couple spike weeks here and there, but he was not a weekly reliable starting player. Amon Ross St. Brown went absolutely apeshit over the last six weeks of the season. He was the wide receiver uh, wide receiver two uh, over the last six weeks of the year, and I believe that he was the uh, a top five wide receiver over the second half of the season. He was an absolute monster. And, you know, people just don't do that. You know, that's the thing I always try to talk to people about that. It's like, opportunity comes along all the time. You know, people get big opportunity. You know, a player gets injured. Somebody gets an opportunity to step up and get a big week all the time in the NFL and in fantasy football. But what Amon Ross St. Brown did with his workload and with his opportunity last year was absolutely unprecedented. It just does not happen every day. And I feel like that's sticky. I'm betting on the talent of the player, and I feel like they're going to find the way. They're going to find ways to get him the ball. I don't view this as a, oh, you know, he got really lucky and he, you know, kind of lucked in some opportunity and he just had a fluky kind of thing. I view it as the, you know, he was a rookie. He started off slow. He Maybe he just needed a chance to show his opportunity and, like, you show what show what he can do uh, when he had the full chance to shine with a full workload. And that's kind of more what I see with him on St. Brown. I feel like that he just finally got his chance to really get a big opportunity to show what he's capable of, and he took full advantage. And I, I expect him to have another really big year in Detroit. Not obviously not necessarily what he did last year, uh, because that's that's ridiculous. But I do think that he's in for another really big season. 
I think that he has a yeah. secure role in this offense. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's not being drafted at that that ceiling thing that of what he was putting up at the end of the year. Yeah, was, absolutely. You he's know, being drafted so around like wide receiver thirty. So I, I, he's not going to kill you there at all. And I feel like it's. I mean, Stephen, let's say for example, you woke up from a coma tomorrow, six months months from now, <laughs> and um, I told you that Amon Ross St. Brown was like the wide receiver fourteen. Would you believe me? No, of course not. You wouldn't believe me if I said he was the wide receiver fourteen. If he was off the board, what do you mean? So, sorry, I'm, I'm saying if you woke up at the end of the NFL season and I told you that Amon Ross St. Brown finished the fantasy football season as the wide receiver 14 this year, would you believe me? If I was in a coma for an entire year and then you just told me a rookie finished as the wide receiver 14, is that what you're telling me? I don't understand the question. Yeah, so like, okay, so <laughs> I'm just trying to explain his ceiling, right? Like, I feel like his ceiling is super high. Oh, at the end of the year. At the end of the year. Oh, I got you. If I miss the season, then, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. If you woke up from home at the end of the year and you didn't get to watch any football games and you like, you have no idea what happened and I told you that he finishes as a wide receiver 14, like, you would believe me because, like, it's possible. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I don't think anyone has pointed to a receiver in the past that has had that stretch run of games and then just completely fallen off the map. Like, there's you know. only one example that someone pointed out, and it wasn't as good as Amon Ra's. It was Keelan Cole, and I think like 2017. Um, that was the only kind of comparable scenario. But I feel like I feel like that was kind of fluky because Keelan Cole just isn't that good of a football player. Um, I view Amon Ra's Brown as a much better talent, you know. And it's not just me saying that, right? I mean, if you go look at you know his PFF receiving grade, his whole on the entire season, not just based on his his red hot stretch run. His numbers were very good for a rookie for any player in the NFL. Um, and I, I feel like that he's going to be in for a really nice career. Do, do I think that he's going to be a top 15 wide receiver every year? Absolutely not. That's not what I'm saying. But do I think that he can be, uh, you know, a top 24 guy on a yearly basis who's a good value in your drafts? Absolutely. Do I think he has top 12 upside at his absolute ceiling? Yes, I do, because I feel like he is a really good player. You know what I mean? Like, he can get the job done. And I feel like that he can be – I think he can be the star the star receiver of the draft. Long term – I don't know if that's going to be the case because Jamison Williams is there now, a stud rookie wide receiver out of Alabama. But this season, Jamison Williams is a non-factor due to his ACL injuries coming off of. He's not going to be himself until like the, the last like eight weeks of the season. So I'm on our St. Brown is locked in for another big year, and he could out-target TJ Hawkinson this season, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big Williams guy myself, so that's kind of why I lean into Amara. But um, if you could put Amara into this year's rookie class of receivers? Like, where, where do you think he would he would slot in? That's a really good question. Um, it was kind of hard with Amon Ra because last year I loved his film. I loved his tape. Um, but it was kind of difficult to, t- to know where he was going to fall. I, I had him as a, as a, a second or third-round prospect, and he went in the fourth round. So, I mean, that really, really, you know, dam- you know dampened the hype train for me. Um, but I think in general – it's tough because, you know, this class is really solid. There's a lot of really, really good players. I think I probably would have him ranked knowing what I know now or last year, like before he played, like as a prospect, Stephen. Yeah, like like now, you know, if you were doing a trade or you're in a rookie draft or something. Oh, oh okay, okay. And you wanted, um, you know. That's tough. I feel more like from I a dynasty perspective, him. I'm I play more dynasty than redraft now. Oh, I do no, my totally home cool. league. I, I play a ton of dynasty, too. I most of my takes right now are just in more of a redraft mindset because it's kind of that season, you know. Um, more of my, I'll be more dynasty once the offseason comes. Um, but I think 
I think I would put him. I would definitely put Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, and Jamison Williams in front of him. Chris Olave is a little close to me, but I still think I give the edge to Olave. He was given premium draft capital and could be the long-term wide receiver one in that offense. Where Amon Ra could develop into the long-term wide receiver two for that offense with Jamison Williams there. Um, so I think I would put him as the wide receiver six. So I would I would put him like above Christian Williams uh, and all and all guys like that. Um, I think that, yeah. So I, it would go you know London, Wilson, Burke, Alave, Williams, then Amon Ross St. Brown for me in terms of dynasty value personally. Got you, got you. Yeah, cool. And so I just uh, I just had a rookie draft and Wilson fell to me at one hundred eight. And um, that's just been happening. I've seen that happening. Can you speak on to why? Is it just because he's not getting the hype videos the other rookies are getting? But um, he's an elite-level prospect, and he just keeps falling to me. Yeah, I love everywhere. that value, man. I really do. I mean, it's kind of just the, the hype cycle we're in right now. It's kind of crazy. You know, a couple months ago, it was Traylon Burks was the guy who was falling, uh, the guy who was drafted highly at first. Then he got those, those negative reports. Then his hype fell. Uh, guys Wilson, because the reports are coming out that Elijah Moore is the wide receiver one this season. I think that long-term, don't hear what I'm not saying. Elijah Moore is a very good player. I think that Elijah Moore is going to be, he's going to get his over his career. And I think he could be the wide receiver one for that offense. But I personally give the edge to Garrett Wilson long-term for the New York Jets as the wide receiver one for this team. So I personally believe that Garrett Wilson's a steal at that value. He was my wide receiver two coming out of this uh, of this class as, my, as a prospect. He was also drafted number 10 overall, which is elite draft capital to give to a wide receiver. Um, you know, I think he's a great talent. I, I agree with you. I think he's a stud prospect. And I think at the 108, he's a great value. And the reason I think he's dropping is, again, just just like you said, he just hasn't really been getting the hype as these other guys. And, you know, the news that Elijah Moore could be the wide receiver one for this team is definitely, you know, dampening the hype train. So, you know, snatch up that value all day long, especially in Dynasty Leagues. My number one rule is talent over opportunity for Dynasty. Uh, you know, talent over situation more, uh, more rather because, you know, long-term things work out. I remember just a year ago, I got Rashad Bateman in rookie drafts super, super cheap in the second round uh, because, you know, people didn't like that he was in Baltimore. Now, all of a sudden, Hollywood Brown is traded. He's the wide receiver one on that team, and everyone loves him in Dynasty. Things change so quickly in the NFL, you do not want to bank on landscape uh, or, like, the team's makeup because things change so, so, so quickly. So I definitely would draft Garrett Wilson happily there in a rookie draft all day long. He's a great value there. He's a top five pick for sure. Okay, appreciate it, Stephen. That's all you have for now. I really appreciate it. Let's toss it to the homie. Bangers and match. What's up, bro? What's up, man? What's up? How you doing, bro? Here's a kiss for you. I'm doing great. Yeah, I'll, I'll kiss you, too. Thank oh, you. Thank you, man. I really needed that tonight. Um, sorry if there's a lot of noise in the background. I'm actually driving home. Also, no, you sound, you sound fine. I can hear what you're saying. Right, sure. Awesome. If my signal cuts out or anything, just know that's what's going on. Um, I just had a simple question. Um, I acquired Austin Eckler in the offseason this year uh, in a dynasty league. And I was wondering, what impact do you think Isaiah Spiller has on his production compared to last year? Yeah, it's actually kind of a tricky one. Um, this season, I don't really know what to expect in terms of Isaiah Spiller cutting into uh, Austin Eckler. But long term, I honestly kind of project a Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard kind of relationship for Austin Eckler and Isaiah Spiller. Um, I think Spiller had really good tape. I really liked him. I saw him as a, in a tier of his own as the clear RB3 of this class behind Kenneth Walker in the third and Brees Hall. Um, I think he's a really, really talented runner. Uh, I think he can do a lot of things well. He's the three-down skill set. He's a receiving back 
as well. He did a lot of things great, and he's he instantly becomes one of the high priority uh, handcuff running backs in all of fantasy football. If Austin Eckler were to go down with injury this season, so I'm a big fan of Spiller. I really am. Um, but this year, it's kind of a mystery, right? You know, we don't really know what to expect of him. We haven't really seen a quality running back behind Austin Eckler yet. You know, I mean, Justin Jackson was pretty decent. Uh, Larry Roundtree kind of sucked. You know, we're, we're kind of. I'm, I'm interested to see from you know the offensive coordinator standpoint what this team looks like because Austin Eckler has been a workhorse, right? And I still think he's going to be a workhorse. But I think Isaiah Spiller could see a little bit more opportunity than people expect this season. But long term, I definitely expect. Isaiah Spiller to slowly eat away into Eckler's touches. And I feel like eventually he could be groomed uh, to be the successor to Austin Eckler as he gets up there in age. Got it. Uh, by the way, I need some clarification. Which one of them is Zeke and which one's Pollard? Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, Austin <laughs> Eckler would be Zeke and Spiller would be Pollard. Because, you, okay. you, you know, I'm just going more the route of the aging <laughs> veteran versus the guy who's younger who comes in there and looks good you know what i mean like he, i yeah. feel like that could be what's happening because you know austin eckler is not exactly young a young man anymore he's getting up there in terms of running back age um so isaiah spiller being there is very very interesting so i i'm definitely keeping an eye on that situation for sure nice um i think that's all i had oh actually um i was yeah keep watch- going if you have more man no worries okay yeah yeah uh so i also acquired pat fryermuth this offseason and I was wondering what you thought of the quarterbacks there in Pittsburgh, what you thought of the target share, and if you think there's any way that he would replicate and improve on his from last season. Yeah, Brian Moose really tough. I love him. I mean, I'm a Steelers fan. I don't know if you knew that already, but I, I, I think he's a really good talent. I think he's a good player for sure. Um, I really like what I saw from him his rookie year on the field in terms of talent-wise. I think the quarterbacks, regardless in terms of talent, are, they're going to be better than Ben Roethlisberger was last season. He was so washed, man, so washed. Um, but the thing is that concerns me with, with Fryermuth this season in terms of fantasy values, I think he might be a little too touchdown dependent for me. Um, just because targets aren't really going to be there for an offense that has Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett at quarterback. They're not going to be throwing the ball a ton, especially downfield, uh, yep. which are you know the more efficient targets you want. He, he's going to need to catch a lot of touchdowns. And, you know, that's not a bad thing for Pat Fryermuth because – He's one of the guys that doesn't really concern me in terms of, like, touchdown regression because his main skill set, I would argue, as a tight end is a touchdown catcher, as dumb as that sounds. Like, I feel like that's kind of his thing. Um, But obviously, I I don't really see him as, like, a top eight tight end just because of how little volume I kind of project for him because I personally, you know, last year we saw him come onto the scene uh, with an injured Juju Smith-Schuster for the entire season. So it was pretty much Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Pat Fryermuth there. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. He looked great on the field last year. Definitely passed all the eye tests. I think he's going to be a really good tight end for a long time. I just don't think this is the year. Because, you know, you have Deontay Johnson. You have Chase Claypool. You have George Pickens now, who I project to be really good. They also drafted Calvin Austin, who will get some targets. Najee Harris will get some targets. But then the quarterbacks just, I don't think, are good enough to support that many uh, targets in a quality manner. Um, so I don't really know if Ryan was going to see the targets that I'm looking for this year. I'm honestly not a big fan of him in redraft. But long-term, I feel like he's going to be plenty good, especially if Kenny Pickett develops into a nice starting quarterback. Uh, but, you know, they'll get a good they'll get a good starter in there over the next few years, and I feel like Friar Muth will continue to be solid and hopefully develop into a really, really good player. Nice. Okay, thank you. Um, so if you, were, uh, if you were a dynasty owner, let's say you were me, and your two tight ends that you rostered are – Dawson Knox and Pat Fryermuth. Gross. Be <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> I didn't need to hear that. <laughs> if you were uh, if you were in my shoes, um, would you be going week to week playing matchups? Would you be going Knox because of the quarterback situation? What, what, what would your strategy be? I mean, going into the season, we don't really know what to expect. I mean, one could surpass the other like by far in terms of you know skill and fantasy points. Uh, and if that's the case, obviously just go with the guy who's playing you know a lot better as the season goes on, and you know kind of learn from what's happening, obviously. But right now, I would kind of just recommend going off of matchups. I view those alerts here. I believe they're like tight end 12 and tight end 13 for me. Okay, um, okay. So, you know, just kind of playing matchups by ear, you know, seeing which teams are struggling against tight ends or, you know, maybe just seeing how good the Pittsburgh passing offense is doing, if Dawson Knox is earning consistent targets or he's pretty touchdown dependent or not. But, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, honestly, you guys, you're kind of just chucking both guys out there and praying that they get a touchdown. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. But um, hopefully you can get some answers in, for a consistent starter who can level up above those guys for sure. Okay, Taters, uh, Bangers, I have to ask, bro. How many first-round picks did you trade for Pat, Pat Firebooth if you traded two for Dawson Knox? <laughs> well, um, that one was actually a little different. I think I traded DJ Moore for Pat Fryermuth and a 2023 second. Okay, that's not bad i still lost it especially now with baker mayfield but i was i was good at receiver i have cooper cup i have mike evans brandon cooks uh michael thomas Cortland sutton so i definitely needed the tight end help more than the wide receiver help but i think i i reached a little bit there right yeah for sure um i think i kind of agree with you i think that you, on paper, you probably lost the trade, but I don't really think it kills you. I mean, it's not It's not bad. It's not bad. The Dawson Knox trade is bad. Yeah. That's bad. I, I but the Firebirds one is not terrible. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, that's it for me, man. Uh, I appreciate you doing the late night stream. Bangers, are you going to repeat champion this year in the league? I have to know. Lord knows I will. Absolutely. Wait, who are your best players? Like, what's the roster looking like? Sorry, I, I, you cut out what you like what? Who? Like what are your star players on that team? Who are my players on my team? Like who? Yeah, who are your stars? Yeah, who? Who are your star players? I don't know. I, I keep cutting. I think I keep cutting out for him. I don't know if you, you know, okay. you're driving. You know. Yeah. Okay. All go right, ahead. Right. Yeah, I can hear you. Right I'll now. let you. Know. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, that's fine. His connection's poor. It's what. All right, bangers. I'm gonna. I'm gonna move on. Appreciate you, dog. Thank you so much for coming out. I'm gonna give you more kisses later. Uh, all right, Meyer FF. Oh yeah, Alpha. Go ahead, bro. Alpha. Go ahead. Go ahead. We'll um, go over about fantasy. I didn't ask, but uh, what do you think about T. Higgins and Michael Pittman? Who would you rather draft in full PPR this year? Uh, for me, it's T. Higgins. Um, I I really like the draw of being in that elite passing offense with Joe Burrow. I feel like we could see. Uh, you know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins be the next elite one-two punch in terms of fantasy football production. You know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins be like Chris Godwin, uh, but better. Um, I feel like the, both these guys are studs. T. Higgins is, I mean, he's the wide receiver for two, right? But I feel like he, I think you could argue he's better than Michael Pittman Jr. in terms of talent on the field. Uh, he has a better quarterback. This team's going to throw the ball a lot more than Indianapolis, even though he's a wide receiver one there with Michael Pittman. Um, I just prefer Higgins. I think Higgins is my wide receiver 13 and Pittman's my wide receiver 16. So it's close. You know, I like, I like both guys. I think they're both going to be really solid fantasy contributors this season. Uh, but I think I prefer Higgins person. I think there's going to be more volume. The ceiling is higher personally. And also, um, I think, uh, Russell Wilson will have a 
like the Peyton Manning effect on the Broncos, just like he did in like 2012. I think he joined them. Yes. I think he will. He will have that type of effect. I think uh, Judy and Sutton will probably be like a top ten. I don't know. I think they'll be really good this season. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, for me, uh, I picked one of those two guys to have a great year. I picked Cortland Sutton. He's my wide receiver 14 in my rankings, so I, mean, I prefer him over Michael Pittman, if that tells you anything. Um, I, I love uh, I love this Broncos offense. I project them to be very, very good. Um, this AFC West division is absolutely loaded. Uh, you know, I think on paper it could be the best NFL division of all time before we head into the year in terms of roster construction. I mean, the Raiders, Broncos, Chargers, and Chiefs, are four absolute powerhouses, and I would argue that all four of them are contenders. In the same division, and they all have incredible offenses. Um, I think this, that division is going to be fantasy goldmine this season. All You're, you're guaranteed eight extremely high-scoring games throughout the year. Um, I really like this Broncos offense, and I, I think that Judy's going to have a good year. I, you know, uh, you know, T's and P's over to Tim Patrick. It really sucks he got injured, but I think that the Tim Patrick injury could be good news for Jerry Judy's fantasy stock. Um you know, more touchdown upside there uh, with Tim Patrick being gone, who's known to be a touchdown machine. Um, I think they're both going to be really solid fantasy options this year, but I prefer Sutton just because I feel like he's going to be the wide receiver one. I feel like he could be the DK Metcalf to Jerry Judy's Tyler Lockett for this Russell Wilson passing attack. Yeah, that's a very popular comparison. I was thinking uh, like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Like everyone was picking sure. Robert yeah, Woods sure. over Cooper Cup last year. I remember that. And I, I don't know why I get the feeling that uh, everyone is picking Sutton over Judy. So I think there's a lot, kind of like a similar situation going there. But uh, I don't know. J- Jerry Judy reminds me of a young Keenan Allen. I don't know why. And I think uh, Cortland Sutton reminds me of kind of a Mike Williams type receiver. Uh, I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I understand the comparison, you know, right? Like, bigger body guy, route running guy. Um, but I, I just think that Cortland Sutton has shown more in the NFL so far. I think Jerry Judy's an elite route runner, uh, but he hasn't really shown that much yet, even with the opportunity. Uh, obviously, I think he's in for a good season, but I'm interested to see, uh, you know, what it's going to look like this year with Russell Wilson in the center there. I appreciate it, Alpha. Okay, let's toss it over to Meyer FF real quick. Thank you so much for waiting, bro. What's up? All right, I got a trade for you to grade. Go ahead, man. I'm very intrigued at what your thoughts are on this. So I gave up DK Metcalf, Eli Mitchell, what's probably going to be a late 2023 pick for Ezekiel Elliott, Rashad Bateman, and uh, probably an early, uh, at least like first five, uh, 2023 first. Uh, I prefer the Ezekiel Elliott side with the the, the early 2023 first. Uh, the 2023 draft class is going to be absolutely insane for fantasy football. And I feel like that package is a pretty nice value. But what do you think? What uh, what did you get on that side of the trade? So, yeah, no, I got the Rashad Bateman Zeke side, mainly because I think we saw Marquise Brown be at least a fringe wide receiver too at times. And honestly, I think Rashad Bateman's a better prospect coming out one, and I just think he's a better football player right right now. So I'm just excited for that, and also there is some upside even though people don't want to admit it with Zeke that there was that injury and he was very good before the injury but right. I think it's a easy flyer to take yeah for sure it's a good value for 100% uh, for the trade I would give that at least uh, I'd give it like a solid B plus A and minus I think it's a really good deal 
Thanks so much for the question, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, all right. Uh, let's toss it over to Jonathan. What's up, man? How are you doing? Thanks for coming out to the spaces. Hey, how's it going? Um, I have a 10-team PPR uh, at the turn. Who are you guys targeting with those two picks? Yeah, 10-team uh, PPR at the turn. It's an interesting group there. I would love to get uh, a one wide receiver and one running back or a wide receiver and a tight end there. Uh, a Travis Kelsey, Stephon Diggs, a Travis Kelsey, Devontae Adams, a Devontae Adams, um, DeAndre Swift. Any kind of combination like that would be amazing. Uh, DeAndre Swift's value there would be great. Uh, if Najee Harris falls for some reason, that'd be incredible. Uh, if either Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson falls, snatch them up immediately. Um Anything like it's honestly going to be really flexible, best player available. And I would just uh, implore you to take the best players available there. and Don't feel like you're boxed in to take a variety of positions. Just one position. You know, you don't have to go running back, running back, or wide receiver, wide receiver, or wide receiver, tight end, or whatever you want. Um, I feel like just starting off your draft there early, you're going to get two top 12 players. So you should really just try to get the two best players available and not worry about roster holes. You have a lot of other picks to fill those out. So, so I would you, start with the best two players available. You don't mind going receive wide receiver, wide receiver? Uh, no, I do not, actually, because I, I personally find a lot of value in the middle round running backs this season in Brees Hall and Travis Etienne. So I personally, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind um, getting wide receivers early at all this year. I think the wide receivers going early are really safe. Uh, you know, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Cooper Cup. I feel like they all have extremely secure workloads. And they're all very, very talented players who I think that are, uh, you know, locked in to have excellent seasons if they stay healthy. So, yeah, I, I, I don't mind uh, starting wide receiver, wide receiver at all. I think there's plenty of running back values late. And you also can go for like a hybrid kind of zero RB approach and, uh, you know, just pound value all the way down the board. That's a lot of high upside guys late if you really want to do it. Yeah, I think starting off best player available is always kind of a good strategy. Um, and there's a lot of value with wide receiver on the board to start the season this year. A lot of value. All right. He left He left the spaces before I was answering his question. That's awkward. All right. If anyone else has any more fantasy football questions, now is the time to get up here. Request to speak in the bottom left-hand corner of your screen. And we'll uh, let it ride. Okay, Bangers, what's up? Yo. Um, I'm home now, so I could actually speak to you. <laughs> uh, you were asking before about my, uh, my roster composition. Um, so it's a 10-team PPR. Uh, Dynasty League. It's actually a keeper league. Uh, we were working with 11 keepers, and we just switched it to 14 to make it more Dynasty-esque. But it's not an actual Bro, Dynasty. Why don't you just make it a full Dynasty League if there's 14 keepers? Dude, I I know. I know. I'm on your side. <laughs> you know, the, some of the... Uh, 14 some... keepers is damn near an entire roster. I know. I know. Some of these commissioners, man, they're, they're stuck in the mud. Stuck in their old ways. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I know. I get it. I get it. It's tough out there with the commissions, man. Yeah, but anyways, uh, so at quarterback, I've got Dak Prescott. At um, at running back, that's where you know that's where I really get my cupcake points. Uh, I've got Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, and Alvin Kamara. At receiver, I've got Cooper Cup, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Cortland Sutton, and Brandon Cooks. And then my weak spot, as we know, tight end. It's uh, Dawson Knox and Pat Fryermuth. So, if you could grade this roster, what would you what would you say? I'd give it a solid like B plus, honestly. I mean, your tight end's pretty weak, but I feel like overall you have really you have a really good roster. Okay, nice. My one concern is uh, a lot of those guys are like veterans, and like they're 
their best season's probably behind them. So I was wondering um, if you had to like move any of those assets. I don't even, I don't know if you remember all the names I listed, but if you could like move any of those assets to like recoup more draft picks down the line and restock on this like whole dynasty thing, do you have like a name in mind or what? Um, off the off the top of my head, I was thinking Kamara just because of his legal issues. But I don't Kamara's know. a good one. Um, you know his legal issues are pretty bad. Um, but you know your team is built to win now. I feel like it's kind of tough. I feel, I don't know how much value you would get for a guy like that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't feel like you'd be getting peak value to sell him right now. But at the same time, if the legal issues are bad enough to put him behind bars, um, yeah. it could be really really bad to the point where you get you could get nothing for him. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So that's pretty tough. I, I don't really know what to do with him, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm thinking of just writing it out this year because I already did shed some players. Like, I traded Cam Akers for a 2023 first, um, traded A.J. Brown for a 2023 first and second. So, like, I've already made a few moves to, you know, restock for the future. But, uh, yeah, I, I just – I'm in this weird middle space where I'm not sure if I should – do any more moves or if, if I should just stay put and like really go for that repeat. What's your draft capital looking like? So in 2023, I do have three firsts. Um, so I had the two that I acquired this off season through those two trades I just mentioned. And then uh, I forgot how I got the other one. I honestly, I mean, as the reigning champ, I feel like that you would just, I think you should just hold on to those picks, hold on to your roster, ride it out. Mm-hmm. And then at the off season, you can really hold on to those picks and either move them for, peak value i always say this but if you're a contender and you want to sell your picks and you know you want to sell your picks mm-hmm. uh i would hold them until later because those 2023 firsts are going to go skyrocket in value once you actually mm-hmm. learn more about these prospects once nfl draft season comes around once mock draft season's here and everyone gets to know these prospects more starts watching film etc um mm-hmm. that's the time to sell the picks for for profit if you're going to uh and your roster sounds good enough to where you compete i mean you literally just won it last year so I have no problem with you running it back with this team and having three firsts. You guys can keep those guys and deal some of those veterans and, you know, draft mm-hmm. some younger guys and kind of get that average age down. Or you can sell those picks and go all in and just build an absolute squad of veterans for the season <laughs> after that. Now. Yeah, that, that's my dilemma. I'm, I'm wondering at tight end if I should, like, dump one of those firsts for, like, I don't know, a Darren Waller or something like that. Yeah, for real. It's kind of difficult for sure. It's... I don't know. I, I feel like you would have to really overpay. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if two firsts got you Dawson Knox, I feel like you'd have to pay three for Darren <laughs> Waller. And I feel like that's not a wise choice. I feel like selling the farm for a guy who's that old with your bill is honestly not a good idea. Okay. All right. I appreciate that, man. Um, I just made it home. I have family inside, so I definitely can't talk. So uh, I think this is going to be it for me, man. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, hope you have a good rest of your night. Salute, bro. I'll see you, man. Oh, gosh, do you have something you wanted to add real quick before he left? No, I was just wondering what you meant by the Knox thing because I came in late. He traded two 2023 firsts for Dustin. Why? He doesn't need to know. He doesn't need to know. Oh, <laughs> bangers and mash, you were doing so well, my friend. Yo, he's so mid, isn't he? Tell him how he's mid he so is. He's so mid. So mid. I know. Literally, Robert Tunyon Jr. Jr. Because Robert Tunyon's Bats. already a junior. Oh, no. <laughs> Robert Tunyon the second. Robert Tunyon the third. Really? have <laughs> a running joke about. Him being Dawson Tanyan. Oh, no. Dawson Tanyan, that's it. <laughs> I love that, honestly. I, I've Frost heard so many debates with people on Twitter. Like, somebody called me a clown the other day because I said that Dawson Knox is bad, and that's like the funniest thing in the world to me. If someone asked me how many firsts I'd trade for Dawson Knox, 
negative probably one. A, four, a fourth of a, th- of a first rounder. Yeah, I would trade like I would trade maybe like a twenty twenty five second for Dawson Knox. <laughs> I take the pick honestly. <laughs> all right, I need to get out of here. I'm getting bullied. All right, I'll see you. All right, I'll see you, bro. Thanks Two for coming by. first for Dawson Knox. <laughs> yeah, Why is... did you not start? Oh, with the actually, first? okay, real quick, I want to hear from. Uh, oh, he already left. Uh, he's I'm still listening though. Uh, Team Cardoso, you're in the league with him, right? I want to hear you talk about this. I am in the I am in the league with him. Uh, that was a very very interesting trade. Uh, and Lincoln, or sorry, Bangers is Bangers team is honestly very very good, and I think he will repeat. His weakness is uh, that tight end position. Uh, but I do have George Kittle, and we've been in talks re- recently, so maybe I'll be moving. Ooh, him. give me an inside yeah. scoop on the trade. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Like you said, the problem with this league is is that if Dawson Knox and like Noah Fant go for like two first rounders, you know, what does George Kittle go for? What is what's uh, the what's for? the um is the scoring like really weird? No, 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 no. Just normal, uh, normal scoring. One, Bangers uh, just told me that everyone like has to overpay and you cost like everyone. Why? Wait, like, for a ton more fan, how much did Fant go for? I if someone told me that they spent two firsts to get tight end, I would expect him to have paid Rodgers, not Dawson Knox. I, I think, I yeah, think it was two firsts for Fant as well. And Knox. Sir, what? It's, my it's God. pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, Akash, that's what Bangers is telling me. It's like, apparently you gotta sell Kittle everyone just overpays all the time. You got to sell Kittle immediately. Three firsts. I'm trying. I'm trying. If you get two uh... firsts for him, I don't care if the going rate for Fant was two firsts and it'd be like paying Kittle for Fant. No, two firsts for Kittle is fantastic. I agree. I would love that, but uh, Dude, you know, we three about it. But we'll see. The what I wanted to bring up though was uh, the reason why I'm in, um, interested in moving Kittle, and I wanted to know, uh, Luke, how you feel? How you feel about Cole Komet? You should sell him I for two like first. I feel like he's decent, but he's never going to be anything too special. Like, I feel like his absolute ceiling is like tight end ten this year, and yeah. then after that, when the Bears add more receiving weapons, he becomes pretty irrelevant. So I honestly would look to sell Cole Komet right now, if I'm being honest. He's not a good receiver. Okay. He's not a good receiver, sadly. Okay. Interesting. Thank you for your take. Um, uh, no problem, man. Thanks for coming out. I really appreciate uh, you and your league supporting the show. You guys are always in here, so it's pretty dope. Yeah, appreciate of it. course. We always put a link to your chat, so uh, happy to Oh, really? That's super Thank cool, you. man. Of course. Of course, man. That's really awesome. I appreciate that. Uh, Nick, you've been waiting for a long time. I really appreciate your patience, man. What's up? How you doing? What's up, Luke? I wanted to talk about two cheaper backfields and uh, uh, dive in uh, see what your thoughts are um in houston and seattle yeah like, absolutely. who do you who do you think is going to prevail as the starting running backs on, on both i'll, I'll give i'll give my take on them first and i'll toss into to akash because i know he has a pretty strong take about at least one of those backfields um yeah. but i personally i like the third over penny but i think that both of those guys are good values for fantasy uh in seattle but ultimately i am starting to kind of tend to agree with akash that um it's kind of, I wouldn't say it's likely, but it's a pretty possible scenario that it ends up not really mattering because they're both just cannibalizing each other so much that they're both like RB35 range, so they don't really matter that much. Um, but, you know, I kind of hope that eventually we see Kenneth Walker the third kind of get a Javante Williams rookie year treatment at, like, at best. Um, kind of like eats away at his work, but it's mostly Kenneth Walker the third. Um, but I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of outcomes there, but I honestly think that both of them are so cheap in your drafts. I don't really mind taking either of them. I think they're both a good cost. And I found myself drafting both guys, uh, from Seattle, from Houston. It's very interesting. Um, I feel like the guy I want there personally is Marlon Mack, uh, just because I feel like we've seen him produce in the NFL before. Um, that's the only reason why, honestly, I mean, sure. Damian Pierce is a rookie, 
uh, but not a very good rookie at all. Um, and I don't really think it's going to be a clear-cut path to opportunity there for him. I think it's going to be kind of messy. Um, but I, I lean towards Marlon Mack, who's a veteran we've seen him get done before. Uh, Akash, uh, I want you to hop in and give your – they're having a mid-off take. They're having a fucking mid-off. Do you guys – you guys look at the tweet I shared every time – uh, not every time, but like all the time. I'm Wait, how do you share a tweet in my space? You're just a speaker, not a co-host. How do you have Timothy. that power, you wizard? I'm Timothy. But no, no, no. Every like all the time, I'm talking about uh fantasy football, and like I use a metaphor or a joke, and then Jacob Sanderson comes in the comments. Like I already made that joke. Bro, that uh, picture, that picture is so funny though. It's like point, point. Yeah, it's point, they're, they're, that backfield is pointless in Seattle, bro. Who fuck? Who the fuck cares? Connor, go ahead. You're, you're absolutely right that they're going to end up at like RB35 and RB45. Like, who the fuck cares? Like, it's not going to uh, matter. It's, but, and like for, for I the other one. That bad, was, I do think someone will emerge here at at least a top 30 running back. I just don't really know who. I, I like, running backs I like are to useless, bet on Kenneth though, Walker like, because I feel like his talent is better, honestly. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. It's I would not, agree with that. Ahead. But it doesn't really. I, think... I didn't get to talk about the Texans. Oh, whatever. Oh, Doesn't sorry. Matter. Go ahead, Gosh. Yeah, okay. Give me a take on the new Texans. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah. Marlon Mack, like you said, has been a starter in the league, but the Achilles injury is really bad for performance. And so I would 100% understand. Like, I, I would totally get it if Marlon Mack just isn't um, productive. And like even if he is productive, he's probably going to be an RB3 or 4 because uh, he just isn't much of a receiver either. And so. Damian Pierce, probably upside. I drafted Pierce. I have literally no dynasty shares of him, but I drafted him in like the 13th round of Scott Fishbowl because like there could be upside if he leads the backfield because Marlon Max may be cooked, and even if he isn't cooked, probably doesn't give you that much value. So out of those guys, I would prefer Damian Pierce, honestly, just because of probably a little bit more upside. But most likely that all four of those guys are not productive. Yeah, I feel like when we talk about with Seattle, where it's like it doesn't matter, I feel like that's more likely the scenario here in Houston. Because um, I feel like this could just truly be a disgusting committee. Uh, like, disgusting committee. Uh, but that being said, I do feel like there yeah. are some pathways to value. But, but I hope that helps, Nick. Uh, Connor, go ahead with your Seattle. Um. Yeah, I agree. I think Kenneth Walker is the better pick there. Um, I've seen, like I was talking about, I think it was last week, about uh, player profilers injury app and Rashad Penny had the second highest risk of any running back. So to me, it's kind of a red flag. I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying Rashad Penny for sure will get injured, but I'm, I'm just not sure he'll last the whole season without getting hurt. And if that happens, you know, Kenneth Walker should get a full workload. Um, that's the biggest that's one of the biggest things for me with Kenneth Walker as well. And like I mentioned Connor, I mean it can kind of be like a, a second half coming on for Kenneth right, Walker. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I really thinking. like. I feel like that's I feel like that's the upside there. Because you know, like Penny, we've seen him have his moments, but that was with a full monstrous workload. And I feel like if Kenneth Walker gets a, a chance mm-hmm. to see that levels of work, I feel like he can make himself you know what I mean? Right, yeah. And he's not a bad player. So if he gets that workload he should produce. And yeah, then sure. For Houston, Akash, go ahead whenever you get the chance. No catch passes. He's mid. Hey, he, he had that body catch that Debro tweeted about the other day. So that's cool. that was so funny, bro. Like, he yeah, got no shade, to, no shade to Debro. No shade to Debro, but I did quote tweet because I thought it was only scary. a little bit shade because hey, it was no, totally a body catch. Bad. No shade. He's a nice guy. 
but it was he he tweeted a video of a body catch of Kenneth Third. Uh, it's like, almost like good thing his it was body, a body was there catch, to stop the and ball. It was like he tweeted like I was told Kenneth Walker doesn't have hands, and like the top reply was like it's a good thing that he. It's like it doesn't matter if he has hands because that was a body catch and like that. The, no, was, the top, top reply was hilarious because like it was a good thing the his body was there to stop the ball. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. That's what it was. Anyway, uh, Alpha, go ahead, man. We'll take your question. We'll wrap this up. All right. Um, can you grade my team? It's a ten team full PPR. Um, my quarterback is Russell Wilson. Running backs are Saquon Barkley, Travis Etienne. Wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, and Jerry Judy in the flex. My tight end is Dallas Goddard. And, yep, that's it. You, I think, that's a, I think that's a really good team. Uh, I would give that team uh, I'll give that team an A-. minus. Really good team. Thanks. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, all right, guys. We have Lay Orc or Crescent to speak here. And then we'll probably wrap up after his question. What's up, bro? How you doing? Yeah, you're unmuted now. You should be able to talk. I cannot hear you if you're talking, my boy. All right, well, technical difficulties here. Um, I will ask, actually, Akash, and I'll open it up to Akash and Connor real quick uh, to wrap this up here. Boys, what do we make of the Kareem Hunt news? Is it nothing? Is it something? Is it a little bit of something? Is it a little bit of nothing? Like, do we care? Do we think it's a little bit of something? Do you think your could be a dynasty buy right now or no? Uh, not right now. High. The time to buy him was two two months ago. If you looked at Hunt's contract, that's a good. That's true. I'm just saying. Still, yeah. I wouldn't buy him. <clears throat> Hello. Yeah, probably a little bit harder to get right now okay. with, with the Hunt news. But uh, I actually have multiple teams where I have Hunt and Darren Johnson because I correlate. They have correlated range of outcomes. Or if Hunt leaves, they both get better. Yeah, All absolutely. Right. All right, Oracle, go ahead, bro. I just wanted you to rate my Sorry, team. Is that cool? Yeah, go ahead, man. Okay, at quarterback, I got two quarterbacks. I got Matthew Stafford and Justin Fields. It's a dynasty team, by the way. Just letting you know. Dynasty one QB or super flex? Uh, one QB. Okay, cool. Uh, my running backs are – I have five. I have uh, Javante Williams, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, A.J. Dillon, and Alexander Madison. It's an 11-keeper league, so we have to keep 11 players. Um, wide receivers, I have Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and A-Rob. And then my tight end is Noah Fant. I would give that team an A. Right. Uh, those wide receivers are filthy. Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson is insane, uh. and those running backs are really good. I mean, I, I don't. It does not get much better than that. Yes. Yes. All right. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely, bro. All right. Uh, I think we're gonna wrap it up right there, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming out to the sec- the first episode of Fantasy Football Radio Hour in a few days here. Uh, I've already tweeted about it a few times, but just bear with me. It's been a crazy busy uh, last few days, and it will be busy for me for a while. Uh, I move out of New York here on Thursday. I started in town visiting me, so I'm busy all day with them. I'm trying to get in content when I have the chance. Uh, and then I'm actually going to be at the Fantasy Football Convention, uh, or Expo, sorry, this weekend in Canton. I'm going to get to meet a caution person, so that's going to be dope. Uh, I'm trying to fit some content in there where I can. But, yeah, go ahead, Akash. What's up? You got any space for a uh, roommate? I have no room. Uh, no. But yes. W, then. If we, if we get to cuddle on the bed. Bet. Say less, man. All right, bet. All right, I'm ready to the show now, guys. No take backs. All right, no I'll see you guys. I'm gonna go. I'll never I'll take that back. Talk. All right, bye.